Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Hello and welcome back to Voices of UCM. I'm your host, Abram Tabor, and today we're joined by Rachel Becker, the editor-in-chief for The Mule Skinner, the student newspaper. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hey, it's really nice being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So this is your first year here at UCM, but it's not your first year working at a newspaper at all. In fact, you worked at a newspaper for four years previously at Truman State University. What was that like? Yeah, so at the index at Truman State University, it was a wild ride for sure. I went in as a bright-eyed freshman looking for um, a photojournalism experience because I had just gotten done working through my yearbook in high school. And soon I found out, okay, you know, maybe they don't really have a photojournalism area. Let me just go into a little bit of writing, maybe just see what happens, and then I'll get into photos a little bit later down the line. Next thing I know, I'm news editor. Next thing I know, I'm photo editor. Next thing I know, I'm EIC, <laughs> and I'm doing all this crazy stuff in the newsrooms, my favorite place to be on campus. And all of the editors around me are my favorite people. It just, it all happened so fast, it felt like, but it was all just so, it was so much fun, and it really, it built up my confidence as a journalist overall, and it really taught me just so much more than what the classroom could have ever taught me um, when it comes to journalism, and being able to do that in that learning lab experience is just such a rare environment. I really, I really enjoyed my time there, and that's what kind of um, persuaded me to continue on as EIC here. And for people who are a little unawares, EIC is just a shortening for editor-in-chief, yes. which is a term for somebody who's over the newspaper kind of overall editor, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of captain of the ship. They make all the big editorial decisions. I really am the one who what that, that gets just the final say, that final stamp of approval on what goes to print and what doesn't, um, what gets published online, what doesn't, who gets certain access to what kind of content and what type of content we're even covering in our newsroom. Um, those are the big decisions that I make alongside my editorial leadership team, which you might hear me refer to as my EL team um, throughout this conversation. But definitely I am kind of that final say. Mm. And But you started out at a position of wanting to be a photojournalist. How do you get from wanting to just work in the photography angle to all the way up to editor-in-chief. You said it was sort of a fast process, but I imagine there was, there was some steps along the way. Yeah, absolutely. It, I say it's fast because I look back, and everyone looks back in their undergrad, and it's like, oh, man, it flew by. It was crazy. But um, for me, I think you obviously have to know um, the impact of journalism whenever you're doing photojournalism you really get to see the impact because you're working one-on-one -on -one with your subjects. These aren't just, you know, words on a paper. It's not just ink on a paper. It's a real person that is in front of your lens that you have to interact with, that you are consoling at this event or that you are um, asking for their name, something as simple as that. But either way, that interaction just meant so much to me. And it just kind of built up this idea of, okay, I'm willing to do whatever for the newspaper that they need me to do, 
as long as I know I'm working towards this great passion of mine, which was connecting with people and figuring out their stories um, and publishing those stories and broadcasting them to the world. So even though I was kind of like, okay, I'm stuck, you know, following city council for a while. I I went to every single city council meeting at 6 p.m. every Tuesday and I sat through every single meeting next to this really weird guy (laughs) every (laughs) single week. Um, But I did that because I realized it's so important still to be covering those things. And I got great stories out of those really, really boring, monotonous city council meetings. It all was so important to me. And I think that's what I love about kind of starting from the bottom and working my way up in the way that I did is it gave me the chance to explore every section, explore every aspect of the newsroom in a really well-rounded, in-depth way um, and be able to really provide, I can really put myself in other people's shoes now whenever a photographer comes to me and says, hey, this assignment isn't going well. Because I understand, I've been there before. I've had assignments that don't go well too. Right. Um, so it's really impacted my leadership just as well in the newsroom. Right on. And you said something at the start there about how photography really connects you one-on-one to the subject of the story, the subject matter of the photograph that you are taking. Do you have any like particular experiences with that that were powerful to you in a way? I, I've taken so many photos in my life, and I the thing of a picture's worth a thousand words is is absolutely true in the way of each photo you tell has a story. So even though I might have a photo, it's just a boring one of the courthouse um, that no one would really lo- even look twice at. I that that story has so much behind it, and maybe that's the story. Like I covered a fraternity a long while ago, where after covering that story, I faced a lot of backlash in my personal life. Um, my professional life really leaked into my personal life where I almost felt unsafe in my dormitory um, after writing a story that kind of investigated uh, a fraternity accused of serving underage uh, serving underage students alcohol and then uh, admitting to sexual abuse within their house it's a really wow. big story but it just the visual for it since I'm not gonna go to this frat house with a GoPro and just start you know taking pictures of people's faces. It was just a boring picture of a courthouse, but that one picture really meant so much to me, and it really just changed the way I looked at journalism. But also, it can be the big pictures too. It's I have this amazing award-winning photo, um, and it's this photo of this international student his name was Ken Suzuki and he was crowned prom king in his one year in America and that was his big thing is he wanted to be prom king in America he was from China and the small farm town in China and he came he came to Missouri admittedly to a small farm town in Missouri so he wasn't (laughs) going too far but still and whenever he was prom prom king he was so elated he did a whole speech even though no one no one did speeches he was the only one to do a speech it was very interesting but I got this crazy good picture of the whole crowd lifting him up and him with his crown on and his smile just gleaming um or gleaming and it was it was an amazing photo and those were the that's the kind of photo you look at it and it's eye-catching and we all have those photos and it's great to have those 
but I also think it's something about the courthouse photos that means something too. The boring ones. That's kind of where I transitioned from <laughs> photojournalism to news because I can really, I can understand the opposite side of the design thing. Of sometimes aesthetically pleasing things are educational in what we need to see. Really well said. I have worked a little bit in the newspaper industry as well. I did an internship over the summer with the Sedalia Democrat, uh, and I was able to get a lot of valuable experience there. And one of them is that I'm mostly a writer and a talker by trade, um, not so much in the department of taking photographs or videography or anything like that. So the experience really taught me that while there's so much content in a story to have. You can only write so much, but you can show so much more within the story, like with photographs. Like I could say one of the very first stories I covered was of a cardboard boat race at a community pool where they built cardboard boats and rode them as fast as they could across the water. And I could say that the police department absolutely destroyed the superintendent's team. <laughs> But it didn't have as much weight without the photograph of them just sitting depressedly in the center of the pool as both the fire department and police department <laughs> blow past them. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. We, we love seeing those photos. And they really they draw so much to the reader. And it adds just so much to the story. Being able to look people in the eye and say, this is who the story is about. This is what's connecting you to the story. That it's, you know, Jim who sits next to you in class every day. That's who the story's about. It really does connect that to the reader, and it makes the writing more impactful overall. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. We'll be right back with more Rachel Becker here on UCM The Beat. Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. You can run, or you can't drive high. Friendly reminder, don't drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. Today we're here with Rachel Becker, the editor-in-chief of the Mule Skinner, which is the student newspaper here on UCM campus. So Rachel, we talked a little bit about your time at Truman State. What eventually led you to UCM and working at the Mule Skinner? That is a really interesting story. So I had been looking into grad school my last year at Truman, which is whenever I was editor-in-chief at um, the Index, and I just wasn't finding any schools that were offering me exactly the program I wanted. I didn't just want a newspaper to move on and continue being in EIC. I wanted a support system. I wanted a program where I could grow where I could learn, where I could really make an impact on not only my students currently, but on the program and the whole, the whole community in the long run. And at the Missouri College Media Association conference in the spring of 2022, Julie Lewis, Dr. Julie Lewis, who is the faculty advisor for the Mule Skinner, did a presentation about the journalism program at UCM. I happened to attend that. And afterwards, she said, hey, are you Rachel Becker? I saw you at the awards show, 
and we had just accepted a bunch of awards for the index. We were very proud of our staff at that time. And she said, congratulations to us on that. And then she goes, I would really like if you would apply to be the next editor-in-chief of the Mule Skinner. I think you would be an amazing fit for the position. Um, and I'd really like to, to at least get you to apply. So she gave me the information and I worked through the application process, worked with um, the publishing, the publication board at the Mule Skinner. And that was an amazing process, just getting to know the people who are the, really the backbone of this publication, making sure that all the administrative things are working legally. We are always in line with everything. Um, just being able to pro provide also monetary support for our newspaper as well. And then I got involved and that was it. And I've been leading ever since. I really hit the ground running after that interview. Um, Julie told me it was a hard decision between me and a few other candidates who were up for the position. But in the end, I was really excited that they were able to welcome me into the office at the, the way that they did. And like I said, just hit the ground running. I mean, I started two weeks after that, just right in the office, setting up the desk and everything like that, just getting templates going, getting training out, all the big stuff. Now, as somebody who's done some reporting with the Meal Skinner, I actually know that the position of editor-in-chief is sort of a new one there. It's not a new concept, but we've previously sort of bundled that under the managing editor position what would you say is sort of coming into a position that hasn't really been there before is that a weird transition for the newspaper or for you I know you're coming from an editor-in-chief position is it similar to the previous newspapers yeah so it's it's interesting because at my previous newspaper we had an editor-in-chief and then their what their right-hand man almost was the managing editor so we had kind of an, an editor-in-chief, and then the assistant was a managing editor. And then here, whenever I came here, previously, they just had a managing editor, and now they just have an EIC, which is interesting, but I think it's it's been a transition process definitely for the entire staff, trying to figure out exactly what all the positions mean. Because with every, with every EIC, with every administration change, comes a change in policies, a change in how the newspaper runs, how we function, how we produce content. So just trying to figure out exactly what works best for my staff, for me, is really important right now. But overall, it's been not that different. Honestly, it's been all the same things. All I mean, students trying to figure out AP style, all of us trying to figure out how to log into the Macs, all of us struggling to, with the printer. It's all the same issues every newsroom has. And it's all the same delights that every newsroom has, being able to see the joys on our sources' faces whenever we're publishing stories or being able to see, get questions from our readers about stories that really interest them and make them ask deeper questions that we do want to report on. So while it's different, it's also the same. <laughs> It's been great either way, just as a learning process overall. Awesome. You mentioned working with the publication board and everybody's in the editorial leadership team, the EL team, sort of figuring out where their place is with the newspaper. What would you say goes into a successful publication of a student newspaper? There's so many things that go into it. And I, I, I mentioned this a lot during our recruitment process because whenever students come up to me and ask, well, what type of student, what type of positions do you have to fill? I say, we have everything from graphic design to ad sales 
to photography, writing, copy editing, social media. It's it's we have such a wide range of positions and each position has their own responsibilities truly in a newspaper. It has to be a well-oiled machine to be able to work. Every part has to be on board and I think that's a big thing. That's something that my staff has been figuring out recently. It's just that we really do need to rely on each other and be able to trust each other um, to be able to produce the great content that we do want to produce and that we've been already producing. We've had some really great content that we're so proud of, and it's because of this collaborative work that we've been doing already. And I'm so excited to see more collaborative work in our office as well. Yeah, I, I think it just has to be all about collaboration, being able to obviously communicate with one another. That's kind of why the newspaper falls under the communication. Discipline is because it's all about being able to communicate not only with your sources, not only with your readers, not only with your audience, but also with each other as editors, as direct reports, as coworkers, um, just even as communal friends who all work in the same community and all share the same working space. And I think we've done a, such an amazing job at that already. I've seen amazing relationships in our office, and I've been so welcomed by the community here already. Everyone has welcomed me with open arms and open hearts, and I'm so thankful for that because I think that's really, that's sometimes the hardest part about becoming a leader is you can train everyone to be better, and you can throw as many books at them as you can, but in the end, people have to want it. And people have to care and they have to respect you. So if you walk into a place where no one's on your side, it's going to be pretty hard to turn them over. But I felt like whenever I walked into UCM in the Mule Skinner office, everyone was on my side. Everyone's willing to help me help them. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to make all of our students' dreams come true with every story that they write, with every piece that they do, with every photo that they take. I want it to be that really transformative experience that most people want to have in their college time, in their undergrad experience. So that's what would go into a successful process. Would you say that just having that be successful looks like putting out good material? How would you say, because for me, whenever I put something out, part of what I say is a successful publication is not just that I think it's really good, but that I see my readers think it's really good or I see some sort of conversation on campus about it. What would you say is sort of your metric for, oh, that one was really good? Would you look for nerves being hit or what do you look for? Absolutely. I think that's a great question. How does one even define success in any role? Just like any, any other discipline, I think journalism has so many, they have different faces that they have to, preserve within their workspace not only are we working to appease our readers our audience everyone who's ever picked up a copy of the mule skinner has ever thought about the mule skinner has ever liked a tweet of ours we're not only thinking about all of them and what they want but also what they need to hear what's informative for them what's important for them but we also success means a lot to our staff as well so even if our readers might be disappointed with our work. Maybe our staff is in a really great place. We are growing. We are recruiting. We are working so hard on the inside and on our internal structure where we're finding success long before we create that great product that you see. And I think those are successes to celebrate. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's 
been happening long before I came to the Mule Skinner, I think Dr. Julie Lewis has really been facilitating that growth and that amazing success internally with all of these great wins behind the scenes. And I'm excited to really be able to show off that success in the paper with something as easy that readers can see as the visuals. We just recently hired a photo manager who's doing an amazing job and we have been so blessed to have all these amazing photographers on our staff who are willing to show and share their talent with us. And I think it's been such a success that that's something that the readers point out. That's something that they immediately notice is, man, those pictures are vibrant. They are beautiful. She is capturing the moment. She is capturing the emotion. It's great. I want to get that for each issue. And so far, we've been doing a crazy good job at that. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen in the upcoming issues when it comes to our visuals. But that's a great success. And while success can look like very many things, I I really that's something that the reader notices for sure. Mm, super well said. I really like what you said about how success can be happening in the background before you ever see it as a product, especially for a student newspaper or a student radio or really a student organization of any kind. Part of what we define as success that I've seen is growth in the staff, growth in each of the students as they're working on their own material. I think it's wonderful. And we'll be right back with more Rachel Becker here at Voices of UCM. Stay tuned. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. Today, we're here with Rachel Becker, the editor-in-chief of the Mule Skinner, which is the student newspaper here on campus. So we've talked a little bit about how you started at Truman State, how you came over here because of Julie Lewis, Dr. Julie Lewis, an amazing advisor to the Mule Skinner here on campus, brought you in, and how you've transitioned to work here. Why did you start out working in journalism in the first place? It's funny. I feel like I've been asked that question a million and one times, and I never really know what the answer is. I guess I started working back in journalism whenever I applied for my first yearbook position just as a yearbook editor, but that was because I was really interested in art, drawing um, specifically, and I wanted to be the person who designed the front cover of the yearbook. Um, Fun fact, did not end up winning that. They put my design on the very back cover, and then they made it very small and said fourth place next to it. (laughs) So I, while I got fourth place, it, it, I still was part of the yearbook staff, and so I did all the normal yearbook stuff, and I just haven't really stopped since. I think the thing that really drives me to continue journalism, it's 
the thrill of getting to know so many different people and so many different stories. Getting to know, it's true that every single person has a story. So getting to know that, getting to know the intimate details of someone's life, to get to be, to get to be a little bit nosy and figure out kind of what's going on around the world around us. I love being in the know, being the first person to know. So absolutely, that's, I think all of those things just kind of over time have festered into me. And I found out that journalism is, it, it's the answer to a lot of the things that I've been looking for. It kind of gives me the outlet that I need to be creative and to be a little bit of an investigator, to talk to people, to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, to be a leader, all of these things. I just really enjoy it. So I've obviously done some work in journalism too. Why I got into journalism is because I wanted to write and I was thinking about writing creatively, but it was more of a hobby than a full-time thing, but I knew I really loved to write and I knew I really loved connections with other people. So a similar reason has kept me in journalism as far as all those connections you make with people and stories you hear and those connections you still have and can go back to later on and be like, hey, what ended up happening with Paul Lankamer, the guy who uh, cooks bugs? Great dude. There's so much depth to each person that you can only capture so much with each story, but I feel like you get to look in on that every time you do one. So one of the things that I find interesting about journalism is that there's so many different types of stories that you can write, hence why there's so many different types of editors and an editorial leadership team. You can have sports, you can have features, you can have news. What would you say your favorite type of story is to write, and what is your favorite type of story to edit? Interesting. I love this question. I feel like I have to answer like every mom where I say, oh, I love all of my sections equally <laughs> and I can't choose, but I definitely have it. I definitely have a favorite. Um, I have found over time, I think I'm biased because I used to be a news editor. I absolutely love writing breaking news. I love getting into that courthouse. I love um, rubbing shoulders with police officers at a crime scene. And I, while it sounds gruesome and yes, the subject matter can get heavy, I love the thrill and the challenge of trying to capture information that's just not being found out. I love knowing that uh, what I'm writing is impactful to the public for more than just the reason of novelty. It's important because obviously there are emergency responders involved. So, you know, it's, it's always a very interesting story. I love writing breaking news. Absolutely. And it's just the adrenaline rush you get of getting that notification on your phone of get out there right now bring a pen and a paper and your recorder and let's get going. My favorite to edit, I think, has to be features. And I think that's because I, unlike you, I am not, I have to admit I'm not a writer. I <laughs> I went into this for the visuals and I have not gotten behind the writing still while I can do it. And I appreciate it. The descriptive writing, the creative writing, it is something I, I am amazed by. I am in awe of but I can never recreate <laughs> by Aww. any means so whenever I find an amazing features writer and I get to read their stories I I absolutely just I love the process because I get to roll around in someone else's creative writing for a little bit and I don't have to do the work for it luckily <laughs> definitely features is my favorite to edit right on so this week is actually distribution week for the Neil Skinner. Uh, their new edition is coming out. 
what are some stories in there that you think people should be on the lookout for? Absolutely. So this is our second issue of the semester, issue Mm -hmm. two of volume 116. Big, big time. We have our front page for news, which features some really amazing photography from Get the Red Out and also a story by... I didn't mean to (laughs) (laughs) self-flug. He didn't know this. I don't think he knew this, but he did make the front page. So we have Abram on our front page with his Get the Red Out recap. Really amazing story, some great details in there, some awesome quotes about the community getting involved. Um, For our opinion section, we have a really interesting piece about Disney's choice of casting for The Little Mermaid. Have you heard about the live-action yeah, yeah, she's like, is she African-American yeah. or something like that? I, yep. I wasn't certain. I actually yeah. haven't seen the preview. Yeah, definitely go check that out and then afterwards read our opinions article on it because there has been some serious backlash online from Disney's casting choice. Well, So I'll let the um, writer of that opinions article speak to that, but we do cover it in our writing um, so that's in our opinion section under the title Poor Unfortunate Reactions. <laughs> um, a little play on that Poor Unfortunate Soul story or song. For our feature section, we have um, a really wholesome story about some service animals that came to campus. Some really awesome, heartwarming quotes in there that will really, really leave you smiling after that story and some really beautiful pictures as well. Um, super vibrant. And then our sports section, always amazing sports photography from our amazing photographer, Addison. Mm -hmm. She is just a killer with a camera. We have lots of amazing photos from her in there. And we also have a feature, a sports feature on a twirler at UCM who's going to go to the Olympics. What? Yeah, I know. Really amazing. It's one of those stories that you don't realize you have on campus until you figure it out. And it's been an amazing story to cover as well. So a lot of great content coming up. One interesting fact that we haven't really touched on about you throughout this entire interview is that you're actually from Guam. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. For all the listeners out there who don't know, um, Guam is a small island. It's a territory of the United States. So not really a state, but it is a territory. Um, It's a small little territory of the United States right off of Japan. So it's a little island, 20 miles wide, maybe 40 miles long, looks like a big boot. Um, (laughs) Everyone on island lives in these villages, and each village is very tight-knit. It is a small, small island. You are either related to the person next to you, or you're related by marriage to them. So it's a very small island, but all of my family's from there. I was born there. Um, I've been back a few times, taken a few trips there. It's pretty expensive to get over to Japan. So Mm -hmm. um, COVID definitely set us back whenever it comes to planning for regular trips there. But it it really has impacted my experience in the States, just coming from a different culture, for sure. Hmm. Would you say that's also shaped how you edit or write your news? Yeah, absolutely. I think... It kind of gives me that international perspective. Of course, I don't have the perspective like our international students who are actually coming from uh, overseas and bringing that really modern look. But I think it kind of gives me a diverse opinion when it comes to covering stories when it co- when it involves minorities or even minority women because I definitely fall into that category. So it not only impacts I wouldn't say it impacts my writing as much as it really impacts my leadership style within the newsroom. It makes our newsroom a lot more inclusive. Having a woman uh, 
a woman of color in power in a newsroom is a really weird thing i would say it's this is a this is a field that's normally dominated by white men so being able to have a woman of color in your newsroom as a leader is an amazing thing and i would love to continue that tradition but i think it just it really does add that inclusivity and diversity to the to our newsroom that really helps with the communication when it comes to these you know troubling topics and whenever we're covering stories about gender race other social issues that can be affecting our students or our readers. Now, you've said some amazing th- things throughout the course of this interview. You've talked about your experiences throughout life at the Truman State University, at the Index here at UCM, at the Mule Skinner. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? I think if I were to leave everyone on one thing, it would be that we absolutely just love the support that we get from the UCM community. If you're listening to this, then you probably already support the beat. And we are so thankful that everyone is supporting the DMP program and all of the other amazing creative outlets we have here at UCM. Um, Even if you support the Mule Skinner just by picking up a copy, um, smiling and waving at us whenever you see us distributing today or tomorrow. But also if you wanna support us more and get involved, we are always recruiting at any time. Anyone can email me. We can, you can go to the newsroom. It's in Wood 312. We, our pitch meetings are always open to the public at any time. We always try and keep our newsroom doors open as well so that way we can have anyone come in. Who, anyone who's interested in either sharing news story ideas or if they're interested in bringing their talents to the newsroom, we're always looking. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.